Don't call it a comeback. I'll have hair for years. Wake up in the morning feeling like P. Diddy. Hey, whatever, my glasses. I'm out the door. I'm gonna hit this city. Let's Before go. I leave, brush my teeth with a bottle of Jack. Cause when I leave for the night, I ain't coming back. I'm talking. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. You know what I do if I own a hockey team? This is the Press Box. I hire a sumo wrestler. With Grady and Bischoff. I'd give me uniform, transportation, 500 bucks a week to sit in the goal, eat a ham sandwich, and enjoy the game. My team would never get scored on. On ESPN Las Vegas. We would get scored on constantly. Maybe, but we sell a few tickets. Ed Grady's gone, which means Lindsey Brown is in studio this Great. morning. And salutations, guys. I could not ask for a better song to lead us into this show. I, I wasn't expecting it, but I was Kesha for Halloween, my freshman year of college. And so this brings back the memes. Kesha's Dance on great. those tables, man. Kesha's phenomenal. I love Kesha. I'm a huge fan. Yeah. Jared, what we, we dumped Kesha for who over the summer? Uh, a song called Summertime Sadness. Oh, yeah. Lana Del Rey. The summertime right. sum- Isn't Calvin Harris on that song? I have no idea. Huge fan. I just thought it would work really well with our summer edition. Mm-hmm. I like that song, too. Uh, I'm going to be thoroughly distracted for the next 20 minutes because the United That's States fine. Lindsay is, and I's got this. is yeah. playing like its worst soccer game in like three years. What do you mean? It's, it's one nothing. Yeah, we're, this, hey, this is like the nil. worst they've played. Whatever. This is They don't even have a shot on goal, and they've played for 76 minutes. We're not winning a game at the World Cup like this. Their goalies played awesome, though. It's about the only Dustin one that's done Johnson it. And when White. the World Cup starts, remember, we'll probably be out at a bar so you can watch Tyler melt down in real time. Excellent. Well, the first bite. Are the Raiders and Titans an elimination game? Both teams are 0 and 2. So, barring a tie, one of these teams is going to be Ooh, 0 and 3. Tie. I hate the ties. Although 0 2 and 1 might they might both be eliminated if there's a tie. There's the always well two teams every year ruin the standings for us by adding that third column, right? You say ruin, I think it makes it better. Why? Cuz it's stupid. Okay. Like this year, we're going to look every year at the, because you know, oh, those, those two screwed it up. And it's, it's like a mark. Aesthetically, it just bothers me. Yeah. But I like, like things that are symmetrical. It's like a mark of shame. Basically. Like the Colts and. We already have a tie this year, yeah, I believe, for week one. Yeah. yeah. They're going to have a mark the entire year. last year, year too, shame. week one as well. I yeah. think it was like Bengals, Lions or something. The Steelers, right? Steel- maybe. We should look at this. The Steelers got in over the Chargers because of the tie, I think, last year. Oh, God. If they had lost, the Chargers would have been Steelers are so bad. Yeah. No, they're not. They're just, they they always, they always have a winning record despite the fact that they haven't had a quarterback in like half a decade. That's the past. This is a new era. They still don't. Mitch Trubisky. It's the same, it's the same premise. No quarterback, good defense. They're fine. They're going to win nine games. So that's the Titans, right? Too, basically their description. Eh, Tannehill's better than. Whatever the hell is he though? Out there last night. He should be. When he throws a good ball, it's just I don't the decision making and the turnovers. I just that playoff game last year, a comedy of errors and horrors. I believe poop emoji. Yeah. They still only lost by one score. I too. know. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and they wouldn't deviate from their plan, even though Derrick Henry hadn't played in like a month and a half. They're like, it'll work. He doesn't have the legs, guys. So the Raiders sitting at 0-2. The the big problem is the division, which we've talked about all off season mm-hmm. and Kansas city's playing Indy. Kansas city's probably going to be three and oh. So if the Raiders lose, they're already three games back in the division. The chargers are playing Jacksonville. And if the chargers win that game and the Raiders lose, you're now two back of the second place team 
in the division. And then the other f- problem for the Raiders outside of the division is probably not winning the AFC West. So you're fighting for a wild card spot at that point. Yep. If you lose to the Titans, granted, the Titans aren't any good, but that's a team you are conceivably competing with for a wild card spot. If the Raiders lose this game, yes, it's three games into the season, but their playoff chances right now by football outsiders are like 24%. I got to imagine they're plummeting down to 10 or 11%, which three games into the year for a team that went all in is brutal. And yeah. And we talk about the numbers, just think about the heaviness of what that does to the locker room, what that does to the facility and, and just every day answering questions from people like us, what the giving the stats, giving all these answers where they don't necessarily have something to give us. And so I just think it's the same bit. I think it's pretty much over if you don't get there, but at the same time, I mean, I think they're better than the Broncos. I don't think the Broncos would be very good. They, sh- they should be. They right. Have, they have uh, better coaching than the Broncos. Certainly. Despite, despite being 0-2. Certainly. Uh, they don't have their fans counting down the play clock just yet. Maybe right. Maybe they should start doing that at Legion Stadium. Yeah, I wonder who like wildcard teams are most likely to be right now. I'm trying to find the standings. Well, it depends on who you believe is actually good. Right. Like, do you believe the Dolphins are actual contenders with the Bills? But... As of right now, at least one of those two teams is going to be a wild card team, right? Yeah. And then you go to the AFC North, the Bengals are 0 2. They might, they're in similar spot as the Raiders. They and the Ravens, I think, 0-3. are going to win that division this I do year. Too. Yeah. And I think they're bubbling. I, there might not be a wild card team in that division unless Cincinnati turns it around, or I guess Cleveland's 2 and 1, but they've got a brutal schedule coming up. Mm-hmm. So it, it it is helpful for the Raiders that some of these teams haven't been as good, but when yeah. you go through it, like Kansas City and the Chargers, presumably both of them are going to be in one is a division winner. One is a wild card. Yep. And then Miami and Buffalo, one of those is going to take a wild card spot. That only leaves one other wild card spot in the AFC and the AFC South doesn't appear very good. The AFC North probably is not going to be very good, but so somebody's th- going to have an inflated record by beating right. bad teams because exactly. they have an easy schedule. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's still going to be possible for the Raiders to go get a wild card spot. And here's the thing. If they win, they beat Tennessee. They're one and two, and we're looking at it saying, all right, they're in decent Whole shape. New world. Right. Yep. So it changes the way we view this season where an 0-2 start turns into one and two. It's still not good. No. And you're still probably too far. If Kansas City wins, you're probably still already too far behind mm-hmm. to win the division unless you somehow sweep Kansas City, which sounds impossible saying that out loud that right. the Raiders would sweep them. So there's a curse there too. And we had the bus and we were taking laps. I'm convinced they got one, years ago. which by the way, looking back on it, John Gruden got a lot of crap for the victory tour around Arrowhead mm-hmm. stadium. He absolutely should have done that. They don't, Why? Beat, they don't beat the chiefs. They don't beat them. Sure. But you're just inviting bad karma. It doesn't matter. They it are, doesn't they matter are because we haven't karma. won. They are since bad. Then. They are bad karma. The whole organization is not been good. Right? That's the, the logic. The two biggest games the Raiders have played in like eight years. The playoff loss to Cincinnati and beating the Kansas City Chiefs. Act like you've been there before, guys. They haven't. A- act like they're never letting you right, back. Exactly. <laughs> That's fair. I don't know. I just don't like inviting that into my... Uh, if they beat Kansas City in Kansas City, field. they should absolutely take a victory lap oh, around no. the around I hate the that. I hate that. Wait, did you The see- regular season oh. game. That's all they play. the field. That's get on the bus. Play. You got another week to get ready for. I will say it is unfair that they have to play like on the road against Kansas City twice. <laughs> Man. Rough. It's a good joke. I mean, have they ever like I just don't understand how you you don't even they lose at home badly to Kansas City. Yeah, who doesn't though? 
Yeah. It happens. But that's what I mean now. Kansas City, every time they play us, they're like, let's remember that time they took laps. And then there's just vengeance raining I, down. I actually, what I think it is, is, man, everyone's so open. <laughs> <laughs> that guy Abrams just tackled his own player. Hey, he's more disciplined this year. He's looking good. Okay. No injuries. No, inj- no injuries to hey, his own players. I love the way tarts. that man plays the game, though. It's reckless as hell, but so it's does, fun to watch. So does John Gruden, and that's why he was a first-round pick. Yep. Um, Derek Carr, you think he's going to have a good game for once? He needs to so bad. He has not been. He's not been good this season, but in the past, he's rarely had that long of a stretch where he's awful. Yeah. Like normally he's, he swings up and down quite no a bit. No rhythm yet whatsoever. And I'm curious what happens here against Tennessee because you're playing, you're playing another bad team so far. Like the Titans have not gotten off to a good start. The Titans are probably just as bad as the Raiders are, if not worse. Like I expect the Raiders to be better than this Titan team. I won't even ask for greatness from him this week because I just little steps, right? I don't want greatness. I don't want Aaron out. I don't even care if we have to get like Devontae two TDs or whatever. I just don't want him to put the ball on the ground. Well, Don't be a minus. Jared, what's his problem? He's got tiny hands. Yeah, he's tiny got little baby. He's got little, little baby hands. He no, does. can we put he, some he, gloves on the hands? Pre Kenny Pickett, because Kenny Pickett. Yeah, has that small was hands. the huge, the huge thing. I for think draft. it's Derek Carr has the smallest or second smallest hands. It's him and Kyler Murray. Has he tried the Elmer's glue trick from elementary school? Do you ever do that? Where you put the put the glue on your hand and then you peel it off. But then he's got to pull it Just off me. and throw it. I know, but maybe there'll be some residue left over to give him a better grip. Yeah, I think that's illegal. Probably. Pretty sure they banned stick but we're, we're, he's I'm fumble. pretty sure because he's, of a Raiders how, play. How are they going to know, Jared? They don't do hand checks like in baseball with the quarterbacks. They that's won't know. True. But he's fumble fingers right now. I, I think it's less about the hands and more about keeping your throwing arm closer to your body and not run and like not having it out there as you're running so somebody can hi-ya, chop it right down. I think okay, it's the small so hands. I'm going to have to make a house rule. No more slapping the console. Why? Because it goes out over the air. It's good sound. People, ju- yeah, it's it, this is ASMR, right? Or is it EDMR? What is it? I've never heard of EDMR. It's like where people talk like this. I that's thought that was, that's I thought that was sound. ASMR. Like, I'm gonna scratch this piece of paper. Yeah, I thought that was just ASMR. Doesn't it, it feel nice? Are you making up acronyms? Yeah, I think. No, this is these are real acronyms. I just don't know what they stand for. Okay. Does anybody think the uh, leaf blowers going out over the air? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Okay. But you know what? He's he's getting his job done. And that's yeah. what truly matters. It'll never be as bad as that one time that you and I were doing Tactically Correct, and you could just full-on hear the Foo Fighters in the background <laughs> because the rock station had just turned their monitors all the way up. And it, it was, was like, my hero. It was like, okay. Derek Carr's fumbling problems mm-hmm. are partially because of his small hands. And the line. And the offensive line's not very good. And yes. that is, roster building wise, everybody knows Derek Carr's had fumbling issues, mm-hmm. right? It's like Kirk Cousins and Derek Carr are Thank the you. two fumblers. That's true. And the Raiders decided not to put a good offensive line around Derek Carr. They decided not to spend money on the offensive line mm-hmm. for Derek Carr. Now, they gave him a lot of weapons, but the fumbles are going to be an issue. Now, there's going to be games, or you're, I'm expecting there to be games where the offensive line is okay and Carr doesn't fumble and the offense looks great. Mm -hmm. But for the rest of the season, 15 more games, there's going to be at least six, seven times where he's under pressure. He fumbles a couple of times and the Raiders have to be fortunate to recover them. And if they don't, they're losing a game by two scores because you can't 
you can't fumble and lose it twice in a game and really expect. Or you get rid of it quicker. You start scheming up some shorter route plays or route trees or whatever they call it in the in the actual biz because it, it's just it's the kind of the same problem that Russell Wilson has always had, right? He always he's looking downfield, waiting just a little bit too long to make a play, and that's where he gets in trouble. Not necessarily the fumbles, but the the tackles for loss or sacks as well. And it's just those things are such anchors on any momentum that they're trying to get, but. Again, not asking for greatness. I want them to string together four good quarters, one step at a time, Jordan Sparks, and we'll get there. All right. Coming up next, we'll get into some Golden Knights because yesterday was the first day of on-ice training camp. Yeah, I mean, it's night and day. Uh, nerve pain's gone. Uh, thank God. I've never been through that in my life before. Um, uh, most of the guys that leaned over guys were our ex-teammates. Uh, I had a teammate uh, get the exact same thing done at my age and uh, just finished playing hockey at 39. So... Um, Definitely encouraged to, to see other guys' stories, and um, you know, I think if I you know, take care of myself uh, know, the way I know I'm going to, I think I should be should be able to you know, play a lot, a lot more years in this league. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff. The United States lost two nothing to Japan. Disaster. <gasps> The worst they've played in like three years. But it's a friendly. Yeah, yeah, but there's one more before the World Cup, and it's against Saudi Arabia, who's not any good. The one we get automatically qualified for because we're hosting. That's four years from now. Calm Still, down. I'm just saying, there's a lot of qualifiers. We qualify. Yeah, I feel like it's qualify. constant qualification. In CONCACAF. Um, all right. Morning skate. Golden Knights training camp started yesterday. You ready to overreact some li- to line combinations? Yes. So day one, Mark Stone skated with Chandler Stevenson as a center and Jonathan Marcheseau on the other wing. Uh, you also had Jack Eichel centering Riley Smith and Phil Kessel. And that left William Carlson with Brett Howden and Michael Amadio. Uh, Stone was in a non-contact jersey yesterday. Uh, should we assume that is the line combinations that Bruce Cassidy wants to use in game one? I know Cassidy yesterday said that they're going. you're going to see different combinations, mm-hmm. but that's the first one we saw. So should we assume that's what Cassidy would prefer to do? In game one. Well, ultimately, I look at it as let's find the chemistry, the pairing for a center and a wing. And we know that Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone play incredibly well together. They have for years. And so it's just really trying to figure out, well, we're breaking up the misfit line. Clearly, as you mentioned, Bill Carlson, I didn't even see him on the ice yesterday because I had to come in here and work. But without the long hair, cannot pick him out. (laughs) But thank wait, God they, wait, is he going to be good? Don't they wear numbers? They do, and they have nameplates no. momentarily, and then they'll take them away in a couple weeks, which is oh, the they worst. Do have they have name, names yeah, today. they I was do. Say, normally, no, Jared, you have to. The, the helmets are the only yes, things that have numbers. It's, it's great. Yeah. It's my favorite thing about camp. Um, but <laughs> wait, I, no, no, hold on. Is he going to be good without the hair? I don't know. I didn't. Did, he was um, a ghost yesterday. Who's the Bible guy, Jared? Samson? Is that who it was? Solomon? 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 Yeah. We need to the depo- wisdom? We, we talked about this. He cut his hair off in some Bible no, story. Was, was, well, no, Solomon no, was the cutting the baby in half. That, that's yeah, a different that was, story. Uh, okay. he's, I, he's thought you were going with the, I thought you were going Why with... Why would I be talking about cutting a baby in half? That's what Solomon's known for, for There's wisdom. There's the one guy yes. that, had, that was Two really women strong, <laughs> who was really, really strong, and he cut his hair, and he lost his strength. I missed that day at Bible camp. You Okay, was this in the Old Testament? Google it. I will. Oh. Is William Carlson going to lose his hockey ability without his hair? No, no. Are but you sure? He's, sir, are if, you sure? Here's the bit, though. He is probably the guy who has benefited the most from the misfit line and, and from being on this team and the, and the parts that are around him. Because I love William Carlson. I know that he's a huge deal in this town, but he's not oh. the he's not a top two center. He's really not. Not right now. I mean, he's a great scare, but he's... 
whenever he has a zone entry and he goes over the blue line, he always stops within the first 10 feet and then goes directly to the boards. And it drives me absolutely bonkers. Like, <laughs> I've been waiting for him to kind of take that step. And I know that he had the, he broke his foot for, for a time. I think it was a couple of seasons ago when those three seasons all blended together, but he is going to be the one that I think has the tallest task in generating some new chemistry with his teammates. But I do think we always talk about the third line or historically we've talked about the third line and that, that leverage point that offers in this league. Like when Alex was tuck was here, you just, you don't see that level of talent usually on that line. He is going to be able to create space to make plays that he might have otherwise had trouble with skating in a top six role. So do you think that third line can be any good? If, if game yeah. one is Howden and Amadio around. I love watching Carlson. Brett Howden play. He's a, he's a human wrecking ball. He's a human wrecking ball. He's a great four checker. He's always pressuring. And if you can catch your opposition below the faceoff dots, you're going to find so much more success in this league. And it's just a difference of like five or six feet, but he's always on an Amadio. He's a journeyman guy who, who, you know, was picked off of the Toronto Maple Leafs practice squad basically last year, plays some good games. I think he scored like two or three goals in his hand, first handful of games and actually worked himself into a role. So he knows what it takes to stay in this league right now and what's going to be expected for him. And so that's going to allow Bill Carlson to basically kind of fly a little bit more free and and to maybe just see a different dimension of what he brings as a centerman. Okay, so Samson was his strength was based on he had a vow that I will never cut my hair in exchange. Uh, Allah gave him powers. What book is this? Judges. Yeah. That one's um, a weird. Well, the, the, then we have to get into like the government system of the ancient Israelites. If we want to talk about judges, but anyway, anyway, his, uh, his lover cut his hair and then uh, the Philistines right. stabbed yeah. his eyes out. And then he asked and God, Regrew his hair out. Yeah. And yeah. so he suddenly was no longer blinded and went yeah. to town. So it's kind of a different take on Hercules. That is exactly it. Is, so, it is the Jewish. All those shared stories. It's a Jewish version of Hercules. So yeah. do we know, did William Carlson want to cut his hair? Or did somebody else steal it in the middle of the night to steal his strength? I think he got married and then he got his hair cut. I saw the social media post. It's a very leading two sentences that you can make some inferences from. Hmm. Oh, are you saying? Did he want to cut it off? Because the well, story whatever. of Samson is somebody else cut it off. His lover. Cut it off. Yeah. His lover? Right. Well, maybe his new wife. I don't know. If, if William Carson winds up with gouged out eyes, we're gonna, <laughs> we are gonna we will know what happened. Sure, he looks great either way, but um, it's certainly a, a different look for this team, and I'm really excited to see how particularly Phil Kessel fits in because this guy is one of the most creative minds that we have in the game, especially in the offensive zone going down the wall. And when he was skating out there with, with Jack Eichel in that early session, you could see that there was something built. They're, they're right next to each other in the locker room as well. And so um, whether that's for your typical 5v5 line combinations or perhaps for power play, regardless, we need help on both sides. Who scores the most goals on this team? Because when I see this those year? line oh combinations. God. What a question. I think it's Jonathan Marshall. So yeah, if he gets a full or whatever. They're going to change. If he's up skating the year, with but. Stevenson and Stone, he could. I was talking to, to Eddie Rivkin yesterday at the, at the, at the um, practice. He's like 45. I bet you he could get 45 goals skate with that, with that line. I'm like, perhaps, but he might not be, that might not be huh. the best combination possible because I, that line needs to skate. That line needs to skate. But 
Marshy's a good skater too, and he's taken on a more uh, defensively responsible role in the last couple of years thanks to Mark Stone. Do you have a hockey comment or a Samson comment? He massacred an entire army <laughs> using only the jawbone of a donkey. Yeah, he's strong. Jeez. Well, how did he get the jawbone? Is it like uh, at that point? How is the jawbone or is helping? it just like a blunt forced object? Like, did he just have a donkey there? And go, I'm going to need this now. Probably. That out. Yeah, yeah. At, at which point, you probably don't need the donkey's jawbone. You could probably just grab a guy's skull and rip it out. But I there know, were but a the lot efficiency. of them. Mike, yeah. Like Lindsay said, he might have thrown it. Yeah. Ooh. All right. And he, if you know, you're really strong. You throw it hard enough, it just goes through a few he people. He ripped once. a lion in half. Oh. Yeah, it's pretty good. Seems intense. William Carlson probably. Daniel done really could have used him when he was yeah. down in the yeah. lion's den. William but he Carlson, trusted them. Do you think he could have ripped a lion in half before he shaved his hair? He never I mean, tried, as far as I know. He's very lower body. He's got, he's so got, that's hockey for you. Yeah, so he, I was so going to he say, he's got a thick... Everybody's uh, got tree trunks for legs and hips. And very, like, square torsos. So you think he could have kicked a lion in half? Maybe. Yeah, all right. That's, I think so. that's heavy, blunt force Just saying, there. I'm concerned he's not going to be very good without his hair. That we're going to be like, wow, no points for the whole season for William Carlson without his hair. Uh, is Jack Eichel going to score a bunch because Riley Smith and Phil Kessel are next to him? Yes. I mean, Jack... Is it, do you think that's the point of that uh, combination well, of those three? The whole point of pretty much like bringing Bruce Cassidy in and everything is for, for, for me to get number nine to whatever uh, peak we can get him to because it's been so long since he's been able to reach that. He's looking good. He, he skated so well yesterday, but you want to enable him to have time and space to create, to shoot, to, to be the answer to a lot of the problems that the Golden Knights have had at the scoring position, in the centerman's position, because that's basically your premium position in this league. Now, you want to make sure that he's taken care of, of all aspects of the game, because it's really easy to start going downhill in the offensive zone. But it's about getting back into the play, about making sure you're picking up people in the defensive zone. And now with the new system that Bruce Cassidy is installing, it's going to take a lot of responsibility off of guys of taking care of a guy 1v1. And that's really going to help our centers out, because we were so bad in the slot coverage last year. So many goals, just wide open people getting a look in the slot. But with playing a little bit more of a zone, you got to go through the pinball machine and and see if you can get through us without somebody knocking you off or, or disrupting your intention. And so um, I'm excited to see. I, I, I don't think we'd fully know what Jack Eichel is capable of. And so I, I think this year is kind of just seeing, so what exactly can we get away with here? There's a yearly like parade in 12 villages in Austria for Samson where a young bachelor from the community has to carry a massive figure made out of wood or aluminum, which feels kind of like... They they go aluminum over there. In order to represent Samson. There's entire villages in Austria that are just like, hey, this guy, you guys doing a festival? We're doing a festival. He ripped a lion in half. I know. And he's carrying a wooden thing. But normally what, what that's is, that's normally is, something that like one town does. Not no. like, hey, we got twelve towns together. What, what is the wooden thing? What is it? You it just, just said wooden object. It says wooden figure. Oh. Or aluminum. It is. The, the 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 thing that's a confusing to me is normally it's like, oh, it's made of wood or bronze. No, it's wood or one of the like Which would you rather carry a very awkward big object, aluminum or wood? Because there's the sliver factor to consider, but also aluminum, there's no grip. And it's just more like, ugh. Uh, I can wear gloves. It's 2022. So Facts. I'll, I'll take the wood. You and Derek Carr can wear gloves. Yeah, I'll, Both. Take, I'll take the wood. I'll avoid you should come in two pair. You can send splinters. the extra one over to, in the mail. All right, coming up next, Ben Goats joins the show. 
hybrid? Uh, none at all. Uh, you know, those are things, quite frankly, you guys talk about a lot more than we do. I mean, we're doing our best to put together the best roster each year uh, that we can. And uh, that hasn't changed uh, since the beginning. We've, uh, we've always tried to uh, put forward our best team and give ourselves a Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas Studios, this is The Press Box with Grady and Bischoff. Joining us now from the Review Journal is Ben Goats. All right, Ben, we're starting off with this. Do you think we saw the top two lines for game one yesterday? I certainly think that's the initial idea. I know everyone says don't read into training camp lines. Things can change in a hurry. But when Bruce Cassidy has had about 100 days since being hired to think and plan and watch tape and all these things and figure out what he wants to put together for the first day of training camp, I have to have a feeling those lines are going to be the favorite heading into this year. So unless something drastically changes or they really underperform what he thinks is the expectation in training camp, I do think that's what we're going to see. I think we're going to see uh, – Jonathan Marchessault, Chandler Stevenson, and Mark Stone play together. And then, of course, Riley Smith, Jack Eichel, and Phil Kessel, which is definitely an intriguing top six and definitely a little bit different than what we've been used to tonight's running out. Hey, Benny, it's Lindsey Brown. Miss you, friend. Um, William Carlson on that third line, though, he's clearly the displaced when we talk about breaking up that misfit line. Are you worried about him getting a little bit lost, or is the new haircut going to give him a, a different level of confidence? Yeah, this you too, Lindsay. And no, I absolutely think it's fair to wonder where William Carlson is ultimately going to kind of fit in the plans here. He said yesterday after uh, his practice that he hasn't had a detailed discussion with Bruce Cassidy about his role yet and kind of what the expectations are uh, for him. I assume that will come at some point during training camp. But the fact that he is uh, censoring a line with uh, Brett Howden and Michael Amadio, who he tried to spin as younger Riley Smith and younger Jonathan Marshall yesterday. Uh, it's definitely just different than what he's been used to before. And obviously, you know, nominally it seems like he is the third line center, but even that fourth line, you know, of Nicholas Waukee and Colesser and William Carrier, I could see getting plenty of five on five minutes. I don't think that's just going to be a fourth line that you're only playing six minutes a night. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see if they do roll these groups out. What is the playing time? going to look like for all these different groups how is Cassie going to divide this up and is Carlson you know coming off that down year last year ultimately starting off this year kind of lost in the shuffle just because the last time probably Cassidy saw him and all the clips he watched over the summer were probably the not the most flattering for Carlson that are out there so it'll be curious to see how he kind of works his way into this new system and whether he can kind of shift the pecking order throughout this camp. Do you think throughout the year we are talking about the Golden Knights' bottom six being above average or below average in goal scoring? Right now, I think obviously just how this sets up, I think you have to say below average unless you are a really, really huge believer in you know Michael Amadio continuing his goal scoring pace or even Nicholas Waugh having another career year. But even you look at you know, the Knights' bottom six goal scoring last year, it wasn't great. And you're counting on a lot of these coming guys coming back having career years again. I mean, Brett Howden had a career offensive year. So did Michael Amadio. So did Nicholas Waugh. I mean, to expect that those guys are just going to 
continue to take leaps, even though their ice time isn't necessarily bound to increase a whole lot this year, I think is asking a lot. I think especially once you, you know, take a guy like Phil Kessel, who, you know, potentially was going to be that kind of secondary scoring role and move him up to the top six. Now all of a sudden you're lacking, I think, a little bit of finish, a little bit of punch in those bottom two lines. I think they can certainly be effective. Like I said, I think that fourth line of, you know, William Carey and Nicholas Law, King Polisar, I think that line can drive play. I think they can forecheck effectively. I think they can wear other teams down. But if you're counting on, like, all of those guys having, you know, 10, 15 goal seasons, I think you're asking for a lot. I think it can be effective line, but it, it shouldn't be expected to carry a lot of the offense for this team. Well, sure. You don't expect them to carry the offense, but you got to remember last year, Benny, like we had so many injuries. How many top line minutes did Nicholas Waugh play that he otherwise wouldn't have? Same with Keegan Colasar. And I think especially Keegan Colasar, I'm expecting him to actually make a big dent this year because he put himself in positions to score. He was just one of those guys that would always sail it over the net or he hit the post or something would happen. But you've done the majority of the work in finding a way to get open in this league. And that in of itself is a, is a great accomplishment. But I, th- I, I agree with you with the driving play, but I, I really think the bottom six could actually be an interesting wrinkle for this team and if anything I think it makes the entire lineup really fluid because you can move guys up and down because pretty much everybody's played with everyone except for Phil and Jack no that's totally true but you know to get to your point about injuries there that's I think one of the concerns I have two of these lines I think for the first day of training camp I think you can get the logic you can see how this could work out but once again we're one injury away here for things being jumbled up I think pretty drastically, and it is just not going to be looking the same. You have some guys who I think can be very effective, like Keegan Colter, like you mentioned. I think a fourth-line role could be a really strong player for the team, could produce more offensive numbers. As you said, he's had a lot of scoring changes his first two years in the NHL, just hasn't had a lot of finish. If that kind of corrects itself to kind of more of his career numbers, he is a guy that had a 20-goal AHL season. You could definitely see a leap from him, but if he all of a sudden has to get elevated to a third-line role because there's an injury higher up in the lineup, then are you bringing in, you know, Jake LeCision, Jonas Ronbjerg again, and then are you really kind of lessening the punch this Ford group has overall? So I think that's going to be, you know, the really interesting question for this team as we head throughout the season is obviously the health just looms so large over this entire operation. It's, you know, the main reason why they really underperformed last year and they certainly don't necessarily seem equipped coming into this camp to be you know ready to keep fighting on if they absorb you know two three injuries up front at the same time like they were a lot of last year Uh, I know Bruce Cassidy told you before training camp that it was Logan Thompson's net to lose I'm curious what do you think would have to happen for Logan Thompson not to be the starter in game one I mean I think he'd have to get outperformed by Aiden Hill you know, in the preseason and training camp, uh, both Bruce Cassidy and Kelly McCrimmon talked yesterday. They want to get those guys a lot of work uh, this preseason. They've got seven games, so I'm curious whether that means two starts each, whether that even means three starts each and only one start for a prospect or a guy like Michael Hutchinson, or whether they'll split games. We saw that in the rookie camp tournament where the third game of that tournament was split 30 minutes for one goalie, 30 minutes for the other uh, so I do think, you know, even though it is Thompson's job to lose heading into this year, I don't think that means that it's kind of signed, sealed, delivered for him either. I think Cassidy does kind of want to keep an open mind with this, especially because, you know, it's going to be fascinating watching who gets that first start opening night. 
But I think this is going to be an ever-evolving kind of situation where, of course, you know, if Logan Thompson even starts the first game, does poorly, Aiden Hill comes in the second game and wins, I would expect that they're going to roll with Aiden Hill for a little bit. So I think there's going to be a lot of jockeying for position, not only in training camp but the preseason, but kind of all throughout the regular season because neither of these guys up to this point in their careers has established themselves enough where I think they're going to be given a super long leash by this coaching staff. I mean, you put the two of them together, they have not even made a hundred NHL appearances. And when you look at, of course, the guys that the Knights are used to rolling out on opening night, uh, Mark Andre Fleury and Robin Leonard, you're talking about a guy in Fleury who has five times more NHL wins than those two guys combined have appearances. So I think it's definitely going to be a different goalie picture for the Knights uh, throughout this year. And I think they're going to, really kind of let this evaluation process play itself out, not only throughout camp, but into the season as well. Ben Goltz from the Las Vegas Review Journal. Uh, lots of excitement to just see everybody out on the ice, but I, I would be remiss if I didn't say there was a little bit of a, a twinkle in my eye when I saw 23 skating out there. I think that Alec Martinez is the best defenseman on this team and really the key to all of that. But we talk a lot about how he enables other people to reach his top game when he's paired with them. Who do you think best enables him to get to his best game? Yeah, I think he and uh, Alex Petrangelo form a really solid unit. I think Martinez is so smart and so experienced that he can read Petrangelo's kind of wanderings around the offensive zone, if you want to call them that, so much better than guys that have less experience. I think that was something when Nick Haig got paired with Alex Petrangelo. Haig really struggled with that and had a hard time kind of finding his game while playing off with Petrangelo's game. And so I think that's something that Martinez excels at. He's been around the league a very long time. He's played with a lot of different partners. I mean, in L.A., he spent time with Dowdy. He's played with Jake Muzzin, which is a very different kind of defenseman. So Martinez just knows how to adapt in different situations, and I think he gives the Knights the best chance to maximize Petrangelo's abilities while also giving them cover if they were to get caught or Petrangelo gets caught too deep in the offensive zone. Uh, I totally agree with you that he's a very key part of this team. He's kind of one of the linchpins that blue line and missing him a lot of last year really hurt the Knights in a lot of different areas. Mm -hmm. He does feel a lot better though, coming into this camp. I talked to him yesterday. He said it's the best he's felt in years. He feels really fresh, really rejuvenated coming into this training camp. So I'm interested to see how he looks throughout the preseason. And once the games actually start going, Ben, would you rather carry around a large object made of wood or aluminum? I'm going to go with wood. You know, I'm a, I'm a Minnesota guy. I'm an outdoorsman. I'm a woodsman. I've chopped wood before. I think I can handle a good chunk of wood. You know, I've put together plenty of furniture and uh, sets for theatrical productions in my day. I can handle some wood. All right. We are not giving you any context to why that question was asked. Uh, but next time we have you on, we are only asking you about your woodworking past. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> you I and Ron Swanson. No, I I used to build sets. This, this could be great. Ikea doesn't count. <laughs> No, no, like I built full like theatrical sets when I lived in New York. Oh yeah, you were an actor for a while, weren't you? Uh, yeah, when I had to build sets, that's why. The an eclectic didn't mix work out. of characters we have here. I guess he's Ben Goats from the Review Journal, building everybody furniture. Thanks, Ben. No problem. Talk to you later, guys. <laughs> I was hoping to get the dial tone. <clears throat> no, I love the dial tone. All right, uh, we have three hundred dollars on the line. Thanks to Dollar Loan Center. All you're gonna have to do is be the right caller here in a second, and then we're going to give you three NFL games, and if you can pick the winners, no point spreads, just the winners of those three games, you will win $300. So right now, we're going to take caller number five. 
If you're caller number five, you're going to have a shot at 300 bucks when we come back. Second down and four from the Pittsburgh 46. And this long pass. A great catch by rookie George Pickens inside the Browns 20 at the 18-yard line. What a play for the young man from Georgia. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. Lindsey Brown in studio today for Ed. She was trying to recreate George Pickens' catch just a second ago. It was nasty. I had to. It's art in motion. But now we've got $300, hopefully, to give away. (laughs) It's Friday Football Frenzy, sponsored by Dollar Loan Center, offering signature loans up to $5,000. Stop by one of their 34 locations in Las Vegas and Henderson. We've got Scott. If Scott can pick the winners of the three games he's about to get, he will take home $300. If not, that will all roll over into next week, and we will have 400 bucks to give away. All right, Scott, your first game is Chiefs at Colts. Let's go with the Colts. The Colts, Ooh. all right. Uh, that's, your, right that's right. Your second game is Packers at Buccaneers. Oh, this one's easy. Take your money on the Packers. All right. All right. And like your this. third game is Falcons at Seahawks. Oh, boy, this is a trash game. Give me Seahawks. All right. So if the Colts, Packers, and Seahawks win, you will be taking home $300. Uh, Good luck, Scott. I like your picks. Good job. I'm going to spend it on Chick-fil-A. Oh, there we go. Scott's a hero. Uh, So there's Scott. And again, he's going with the upset with the Colts over the Chiefs, Packers winning on the road in Tampa and Seattle. If he does not win, somebody else will have a chance at $400 next week. Um. I, I think he's going to win now. I don't. I people Which always. Which one lose. do you think is the most likely to hit? Yes. Probably the Seahawks. But mm-hmm. like people come on here and try to make like uh, the obvious pick every time. Right. And they lose every single week. Packers at Buccaneers seems to be the biggest toss up. Yeah. yeah. And there's no wide receivers in that game. That, that's true. There's none of them. Uh, Browns Steelers last night. Browns won 29-17, scored a touchdown on defense on the final play of the game. <laughs> so um, many people were happy about that yeah. in this town. If you're Pittsburgh right now, why would Kenny Pickett not start the next game? There's not a lot of reasons. I don't think there are many reasons in week one for Mitch Trubisky to be the guy because we we know what Mitch Trubisky is. He's a right. below He's a bad NFL quarterback. Is what he is. And so far. We so far. I'm just saying. I mean, we, this is well, gonna be a career he, renaissance. He is right. He only played 13 games in college, so we, he really <laughs> hasn't that. gotten a lot North of time. North Carolina boy. He's gonna develop. Sorry. Give him three more years. Yeah, uh, we just gotta. That's what we gotta do. But there actually there is a reason why you don't put Pickett in at the beginning of the season, or maybe now, is that once you make that move. You can't go back. I mean, the Dolphins did it with Fitzmagic and, and Tua, and that ruined that one season for him a couple no, of years ago. But okay, like, that was that was bringing in a closer. <laughs> Tua started, right? Yeah, Fitzpatrick correct. Closed. But once you go to Pickett, because this is the same, we were doing the same thing when Mitch Drubisky was a rookie. There, who, who was the quarterback? Probably Kyle Orton, some rando. Like, don't Kyle even care. Orton. A few Jesus. years ago, so, a few years ago, he was like, "We want Kyle Mitch. Orton retired we want in 2012. Mitch. We want Mitch." And then you put Mitch in, and Mitch had a pretty good year. He had a pretty good rookie year. Slippery quarterback. I just, I don't think the Steelers are good. And Mitch Trubisky isn't going to make them better, but is Kenny Pickett? No. And And if you leave him out to dry, don't you think you're maybe setting him up for more of a challenge than uh, an opportunity for success? I mean, if we flip the perspective on that game last night, and let's say that 
it were the Raiders that lost that game, we would have we'd be coming back being like one score games or they were close in the third quarter. That's what not we wouldn't obviously because we're not morons, but that's what the fan base would be going. It's like oh they were so close, and it's the exact same thing to in my mind of I don't think the Steelers are bad. They are the same team they've always been, which is. As long as their quarterback doesn't actively play bad, and then even sometimes Facts. when he does, when you're not they're going to win nine games. So the reason you play Kenny Pickett has nothing to do with Kenny Pickett and not being able to like bench him. Because if you play Kenny Pickett, you don't ever want to bench him until you decide he sucks. Right. But so, at that point, you're literally mailing in right. the rest of the season. Well, which is fine. What's so bad about having a mediocre season if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers? Well, that's what last year was. Yeah. And I they know, went to the playoffs. But like <laughs> actually seeing and playing this out, I just think we have such a quick trigger these days to like say new quarterback, new goalie, new anything because this isn't working. Well, clearly, but sometimes you have to go through those bouts of unsuccess to really figure out who you are. And if you stick it out, sometimes it ends up working more in your favor than it would if you had switched over because of the inconsistencies. But they drafted a quarterback first. If Kenny Pickett, if they had taken a quarterback in the fourth round, whatever. But they took but a quarterback in the first But is it best for his round. development model, for any quarterback development yeah. model, play, to go in play. for their first year? Yeah, play. I don't think that, I think it's a case-by-case basis. You're going to learn more. You're going to Patrick Mahomes develop are you? better by Patrick playing. Mahomes. Are you going to learn more if you're under duress all the time and yeah. in panic mode? I don't think there's a lot of learning. I think there's a lot of surviving going on. you got to survive. Well, learn I, how to survive. But you can learn in a different way from the sideline. You can have time to think through these uh, these situations, these play calls, everything. I think it's just a different type of mental rap. Like we have two examples right now of quarterbacks who at least sat some and are extremely successful exactly. in Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. No, we have an example of the Kansas City Chiefs throwing away a year they could have won the Super Bowl because they stuck with Alex Smith instead of going to the best quarterback we have in the league. Sacrifice they the best to get better sometimes, They threw okay? away a year of Patrick Mahomes making like $7 to see what Alex Smith could get, do. The Packers but just dropped Alex quarterbacks. Alex Smith through nine early. weeks was an MVP candidate. And then what happened? The Packers just draft quarterbacks like three years too early. That's just an organizational flaw on their part. Mahomes says that his year with Alex Smith was instrumental to his development and success that he's found. And what's more instrumental is playing. We're just going to have to agree to disagree. Quarterbacks should play right away. Find out if they're any good. If Kenny Pickett sucks, he's going to suck. If Kenny Pickett's great, we're going to know. We're going to watch this year and we would know. Yeah, and we'll just get another new one next year. Great for the culture. Work for Arizona.